TED Audio Collective. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Are you driving your car or doing laundry right now? Podcasts go best when they're bundled with another activity. Like Progressive home and auto policies, they're best when they're bundled too. Having these two policies together makes insurance easier and could help you save. Customers who save by switching their home and car insurance to Progressive save nearly $800 on average. Quote a home and car bundle today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Hi, I'm Debbie Millman. Canva is great for designing visual content for work, no matter what industry or department you work in. Now your next presentation with Canva Presentations. Start with a professionally designed template and use it as a springboard for your design. It's a serious time saver. Time to present but can't be there in person? Enter Canva Talking Presentations. Record yourself presenting and add your talking head to your slides so your audience can watch your perfected presentation anywhere, anytime. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. This is Design Matters with Debbie Millman from designobserver.com. This year is the 10th anniversary of the podcast, 10 years of designers and other creative types talking about what they do, how they got to be where they are, and what they're thinking about. On this program, Debbie Millman talks with designers Jessica Walsh and Timothy Goodman about a little project they did a couple of years ago. We really had no idea that the blog was going to go viral. And then all of a sudden, Hollywood's interested and we have to get agents. Here's Debbie Millman. Jessica Walsh is a designer, illustrator, and art director. She was on Design Matters last year to talk about her career and her business partnership with Stefan Sagmeister. Timothy Goodman is also a designer, illustrator, and art director. He runs his own studio here in New York City, and his clients include Airbnb, Google, and the New York Times. For many listeners, Jessica and Tim's story may be old news, but bear with me. When these two close friends were both single a few years ago, they decided to date for 40 days. It was a very public experiment in mating, and they meticulously recorded the progress of their relationship on their extremely popular website, 40 Days of Dating. The media loved the story, and a movie may be in the works. But it's already a beautifully designed and illustrated book, as one would expect from two young designers of their caliber. They join me to talk about the book and about living one's life as if it's an open book. Jessica and Tim, welcome to Design Matters. Thanks for Thanks. having us. So let's go back in time a bit. Uh, one day back in December of 2012, frustrated and disappointed with your love lives and constantly surprised by how consistent your opposite relationship problems were, you came up with the idea of 40 days of dating. Why 40 days? Well, they say that it takes 40 days to break a bad habit. So that's why we chose that number. Mm -hmm. So you were both looking to change your behaviors and thought by engaging in this 40-day experiment, you both might change. 
So even though your relationship had always been platonic, you thought that this would force you to explore your individual issues and maybe even break your bad habits, your bad love habits. Um, Were either of you sexually attracted to each other at the time? Yeah, I don't think we would have been able to do something like this had we not been attracted to each other. So you harbored these crushes on each other and this gave you permission to take that step into relationship land? We never admitted it to each other. No, even though it's a really complicated way to get together, I think. (laughs) I think in in some small part, it played a role in that. Oh, yeah. I think we kind of, in a a weird way, we used it as an excuse. To get together. Yeah, to find out. (laughs) Or to find out. We just, we had always, from the very beginning, we had always been pretty close and uh, always bonded over our problems and respected each other's work. And we had a good group of friends. And I think we all became so tight that we were kind of nervous about ruining that. And so the idea of like dating, given that we knew so much about our opposite problems, was something that we kind of felt was a no-no. So let's go back in time a little bit further so our listeners that aren't familiar with your experiment can understand your backgrounds, um, which you talk about quite wonderfully in 40 Days of Dating. 40 Days of Dating, the book, is not just a literal translation of the blog. There's wonderful content about the history of dating, about the history of both of you, about some people's worst dates, best dates, and so forth. So Jessica, you describe yourself in 40 Days of Dating as being very shy when you grew up, which made it difficult to make new friends, and you often felt like an outsider in school. Uh, You also reveal that you were the black sheep in your family, the artistic, sensitive, intuitive child in a family of rational-minded, left-brained thinkers. Do you still feel that way with your family? (laughs) (laughs) I do, yeah, but I, I don't feel like an outsider anymore, no. And I understand that you've always seen your parents as perfect role models. They had a successful marriage and a successful business. Your grandparents and great-grandparents also had long, successful marriages. But you write that while you admired your parents, you were also intimidated by them. Why? Well, they seemed to have it all. They were running a great business. They found love at a young age. And, you know, I looked up to them and I worried if I would find that and had the, the success that they had. Tim, you grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, and described your family as one of modest means where you learned how to be scrappy as a youngster. I love that word, scrappy. It's a good word. It is. In 40 Days of Dating, you reveal that when you were seven years old, you spent hours building things with your blocks and then describe how you'd aggressively tear it all down. So what do you think that was all about? I don't know. I think from an early age, I I was fascinated with the idea that everything was so ephemeral and that nothing kind of means anything in, in a macro way. So by <clears throat> knocking everything down, you were looking to see how resilient it was or how resilient you were? I think so. I was, I was interested in pushing things. Ah. You know? <laughs> and To uh, see that point where they actually get destroyed? Yeah. It's like, how far can you go? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think in a lot of ways, that's how I live my life in a way. 
Well, it seems that you're opposite in many ways, well beyond how you approach relationships. Uh, Jessica, you were a perfectionist student. You describe yourself as one of those annoying kids obsessed with organizing books and class notes, color coding folders, and always doing the extra credit assignment. Tim, you declare that you were a really horrible high school student. In fact, you barely graduated. Mm -hmm. How did you become friends? (laughs) It's a good question. It's a really good question. I think, well, they say opposites attract, right? I guess so. You know, and You're I think certainly in, evidence in of that. In some cliche way, it's very true with us. So how did you meet? What was the first <clears throat> the first moment of, of Jessica and Tim's friendship? Well, I was working at Print Magazine, and we were doing the annual issue of New Visual Artists. And 2008, Tim, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. 2008. Tim was one of the winners, and I reached out to him to get some interview questions and get some of the artwork uh, for the magazine, and he claims that he was flirting with me. I definitely did not see it that way. <laughs> yeah, but she her flirt radar is really bad. So oh, is it? Oh, or, yeah. or he's just really bad at flirting. That's so <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Too. <laughs> so over the course of your friendship, you began to tease each other about how opposite you are, um, particularly when it came to love and dating. And you couldn't be further from uh, similar. Jessica, you called Tim a commitment phobe. Tim, you called Jessica a hopeless romantic. Jess, you stated in the book that love is like some sort of socially accepted addiction, and you kept falling into its trap. And after some failed relationships, a painful heartbreak, a most recent year of disastrous dating attempts in New York, you were both getting rejected and doing the rejecting. You felt a bit lost and was looking for answers. And you ask yourself, am I fucking up all my relationships or have I not met the right person? Do I really want another serious relationship? Why do I jump into relationships so quickly? Why can't I enjoy dating more? How can love be so wonderful powerful, and yet debilitating. So you were like at rock bottom when you started this experiment. (laughs) I think we both were. I think that's why we ended up formulating this whole idea. Yeah. So Tim, I read that one of your friends called you an accidental player, and you declare that another one of your friends called you a man whore. So like, what's that about? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think the idea of the accidental player is that I don't really have an agenda you know, I'm not like, oh, I'm trying to, like, hook up with girls or in some misogynistic way, like, I need a, a notch on my belt or something. It's not about that. Like, I just really enjoy people. Well, I think you really enjoy women. Well, I do. And I, growing <laughs> up with my mother, like, I think I've always just been, I don't know, I've been fascinated with, with women. And I'm, yeah, we're a fascinating yes. breed. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I find myself in positions sometimes where... I was kind of, I wasn't being responsible, you know, because I was kind of being like very uh, light about everything. And yet I was misleading people. So you were building things up only to (laughs) destroy them and tear them down. Jessica, you stayed in the book that you'd been on dates with 12 different people in your life. At that point, you kissed 11 guys and one girl. You had two serious long-term relationships, three semi-serious relationships. You slept with eight guys. You lived with two boyfriends. You never had a one-night stand. You've been in love twice. Yet you'd been on more dates that past year than the rest of your life combined. Uh, I'm just reading here. <laughs> yeah, where are you getting this information, Debbie? We certainly didn't put this out. Nah, you guys are so private and secretive. <laughs> Um, so, Jessica, what was the urgency? What was the, the drive to, to mating? 
and and becoming so serious at that point in your life with someone? Um, I've just always really liked having a romantic partner to go through life with. I think it, it makes everything better. I don't think there was anything wrong with that. You know, he always joked, I'm the hopeless romantic. I don't think there's wrong with, with being a romantic. I don't think there's romantic. anything hopeless about it. I think it's yeah. optimistic. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem was that I just, all the relationships kept failing, and I was wondering why. I Did- just wanted her to slow down a little bit. Like, give it a couple weeks before you fall in love. Like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, come on. I didn't always fall in love. No, not always. But <laughs> I think, you know, like you'd go on like two good dates and it was like, all right, what are we, why are we fucking around here? Well, let's get married. Oh, it's like, come on. <laughs> That's not true. I know. Well, I know. she certainly didn't do it with you. No, she didn't do it with me. <laughs> all right. So back to December 2012, you planned to go with a bunch of close friends to Art Basel in Miami. And the morning of the flight, while waiting in line at JFK, you started commiserating about your most recent relationship disasters. Jessica, you had broken up with Parsa, or Parsa had broken up with you, the relationship, the very serious relationship you'd been in a few weeks prior. And Tim, you were telling Jessica about the stress you were having from all the girls you were dating at once. So you thought that God, if you could, so um, what's that? What's that? God, it sounds so bad. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It sounds awesome. Um, so you thought that if you could carry this out with as much sincerity as possible, this experiment, then maybe you could not only help yourselves, but potentially create a larger dialogue to help the many others out there who, like you both, were looking for love. So did you have a sense back at the beginning of the experiment that once you went through this, you did want to share the results, the experience, the happenstances that occurred? Yeah, I mean, I think it was important for us to do it first and to try to do it with as much sincerity as possible. And there was always the idea that, like, hey, we could do this, but we don't want to make that commitment yet, you know, because it was scary. It was really a risk, both personally and professionally. And so, and we wanted to actually, like, treat this as an experiment and do it, you know, because it's an experiment, there's no kind of real, you don't know what the outcome is yet. And so it was important to just kind of give it that integrity first before we decided whether we would release it. And so when you told your friends that you were traveling with in Miami, that you were thinking about doing this, they seemed to respond with horror. And from what I understand, there was fighting and awkward stares and the night ended in tears. So they were begging you not to do this project. What were they so afraid of? I think our friends were afraid that we were doing it for the wrong reasons. What Um, would those wrong reasons be? I think they thought that I just wanted to date Tim and that Tim just wanted to sleep with me, Mm -hmm. which was (laughs) kind of silly. But... They were also afraid. We had such a great group of friends. We would hang out all the time, and we had a really good thing going on, and they didn't want us to jeopardize that. Yeah. In the blog, you shared what each had recorded in your individual journals while you were dating those 40 days, which most people would probably resist revealing to the world. Um, Some of it was really emotionally intimate. And I'm not even talking about what happened physically between the two of you. You just were so raw in putting everything out there in terms of how vulnerable you felt or how rejected or how good or bad or ugly you felt. What made you decide to be so honest? I think we decided that if we were going to do this, we had to go all the way. 
And if we were really going to, like, learn about ourselves and really, you know, it was important to just write and write it all out. And like I said, because we did it first before releasing it, it was raw because we didn't know if we were ever going to put it out. And so we already had all this content when we decided to do it. Did you edit it at all or did it really just go up exactly the way you wrote it? No, I mean, we kept the separate journal entries as we were doing the 40 Days experiment. And then afterwards, we read the first few entries. And we thought it was really fascinating, the difference about how we interpreted the exact same date so completely differently. It's like the affair, the TV (laughs) show, but better. Mm -hmm. Yours is better. (laughs) Um, And it was at that point we decided to create the site and actually go public with it. However, we didn't read the rest of our entries. So you didn't know what was coming? Not until the night before. Sometimes the morning Even the morning. When we would put it out and we'd get into sometimes awful fights about it. Yeah. That's the thing. Awful fights after when it was going up online. You know, like five minutes before it was going live. Because we hadn't read what we wrote. (laughs) How could you have thought that? How How could you have done that? Yeah. And as more people were reading it, there started to become a pressure because it's like 200,000 people can't read this about me today. You know what I mean? Like you are not doing it. And we would get in this. It was amazing. I mean, I look at both of you. You're both stunning, healthy, gorgeous, talented, seem to have it all as individuals. And yet what we're reading is almost the, the complete opposite of that. You're so, you're both so vulnerable. And and so real, and it it was such a startling juxtaposition to sort of see you publicly and then read so much of your private thoughts about your own feelings about yourself and what you're worth or what you're capable of. Mm -hmm. I'm so bravo to that for putting it out there. I was just completely astounded at the courage and the bravery that that takes. I want to talk about the aftermath or the public response in in a few minutes, but I want to talk a little bit about the experiment itself. So at the beginning of the experiment, you established six rules designed to enforce what you described as your emotional and physical investment in each other during the 40 days. Um, So they were, you will see each other every day for the 40 days. You'll go on at least three dates a week. You will see a couple's therapist once a week. You'll go on one weekend trip together. You'll fill out the daily questionnaire and document everything. And you will not see, date, hook up, or have sex with anyone else. How hard was that for you, Tim? (laughs) It wasn't that hard, actually. But you also didn't promise each other that you would have sex, which I thought was really interesting. You didn't go in thinking, okay, we're going to start this relationship and on the third date, we're going to have sex. You know, the date you're kind of allowed to, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You didn't go in that with that. And so there was even a moment where you wondered if you actually would consummate the relationship. Why is that? It's funny. We designed this whole experiment and we came up with the rules and we made the commitment to do it, but we never really talked to each other about if there was actual attraction or interest. So once the experiment started, (laughs) um, I think that's where our personalities really came out, where I was like, let's just be real and talk about this. Like, is there any interest? What's going on? What are we doing? And Tim was the total opposite and just wanted to ignore all that and play it cool. Yeah, but in my defense, (laughs) uh, I was also really nervous about our friendship, you know? There was a couple of reasons. I mean, A, I knew so much about Jesse, and I know what things mean to Jesse. I didn't want us to, like, oh, let's we'll casually hook up, and the next day, you know, I didn't want there to be some, you know, I just didn't want to, like, get put ourselves in a position where, because I didn't know what my intentions were. 
And I wanted to respect her as much as possible and not try to, like, you know, just hook up with her and just, like, take it easy or something, you know. And so I guess I was scared about that. Initially, Tim, you reveal, I think it's in the first couple of days of the experiment, that this couples thing doesn't feel natural or easy. Was that something that you felt generally or specifically in this experiment? No. I mean, I've, I've seen a therapist before, so the idea of seeing a therapist wasn't a big deal to me. I think it was just hard because, you know, all of a sudden you're thrown into therapy with, your, like, one of your best friends. That's not natural, of course. I mean, nothing about this experiment was natural, and I guess that's why it was an experiment, you know. And so... The therapy is what saved it, though. It really kind of saved the whole experiment because at parts, we both wanted to quit or Jesse quit on one day. And, and I think she was the, the kind of objective voice throughout the whole thing. What did she saying, think of the experiment? Like, did she, did she approve? Did she disapprove? Did she, was she neutral? Yeah, actually, when we first called her and told her about it, she was very skeptical. Um, yeah. So she had us come in to talk to her to hear more about it and... Afterwards, she decided to take us on as <laughs> After clients. she saw what nut jobs we are. <laughs> um, no, but she, got, <laughs> she said she could really tell that we honestly were interested yeah. in becoming more self-aware and, and improving on our patterns and behaviors. And she thought that was kind of fascinating that we designed this whole experiment and were willing to put ourselves through this. Yeah. At one point, you know, it was like in the mid like day 23 or something and Jesse and I were kind of at odds with each other and she said here you are guys you're doing exactly what you always do you know Jesse you want more and Tim you're running away and like here you are real time and you have an opportunity to really observe that and explore that with each other and so what are you going to do with this because you can't go anywhere you still have like you know 17 more days or something and and so this is a great opportunity so right after, I think it was around day eight or thereabouts, Tim, you think that you, you decide in your journal that you didn't think a romantic relationship between the two of you could ever work. Why? Do you think it was part of your pattern to leave before getting left? I think a part of it was was that, of course. I think I was looking for ways out maybe. But I also stand by that in hindsight, and so does Jesse. I think that... It's proven that we are much better friends and creative partners than we are as romantic partners. You agree, correct? We can talk about the aftermath yeah, yeah, yeah. later, but yeah. at that point you start to think that, but you keep going back and forth. Um, I went back and forth a lot. A lot. Yeah. Um, and, and you each want to quit at some point. Jessica, you want to quit when you find out that Tim slept with one of your girlfriends prior to the experiment, and you actually do quit. Um, and then, Tim, you want to quit on day 23. On day 18, you kiss for the first time. You're almost halfway through the experiment. You finally kiss. What was that like? <laughs> <laughs> I've never actually asked anybody about that on the air before. Jesse, do you remember? <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I think that was the night that you lost Leonard Cohen tickets. Yes, it was. Uh, Stefan gives you tickets. <laughs> Stefan and his then yeah. fiance Veza give you tickets to see Leonard Cohen and you lose them. Mm -hmm. And so it's a sad night. It's a sad night, but I rescued the night. No, I'm kidding. We went to uh, a place that was close by after we realized that she didn't have the tickets. Because that was right after Jesse quit. And so we were kind of like back. And I think I was willing to unleash 
the hinges a little bit and just say, screw it, you know, like, let's just, you know, I need to make more of an attempt here and, and I need to just be more vulnerable and let go a little bit. As far as the, the actual kiss, I, I mean, I think it was it was fine. It was great. I don't I don't know. On day 24. It's kind of odd now to talk about. <laughs> yeah, sorry. We're going to go even deeper now. Sorry. <laughs> you know it's coming now, right? Day 24. Yeah, yeah. Day 24, you yeah. have sex. <laughs> and neither of you have any condoms, so you have to use one of Jessica's Sagmeister and Walsh Company condom, promotional condom packs. Good product um, placement on the blog there. <laughs> was that weird? I mean, aside from the fact that you were having sex, was it odd to then be going and trying to locate a condom that has your company logo on it? No, I don't think so. I don't think that was that. I think it was only funny to us after. Did you tell Stefan? Uh, no, but I'm sure he read about it. <laughs> <laughs> so that changes everything in the relationship at that point. And, and suddenly you seem a lot more connected emotionally, mm-hmm. although you both seem to still want different things. And Jessica, shortly thereafter, in your journal, you write, Today I realized that besides our creative work, Tim and I don't have much in common. Tim likes the woods. I like the beach. Tim likes to debate. I like to compromise. Tim is great at saving money. I suck at it. Tim reads about current events and politics. I read about psychology and art. Tim likes to watch basketball and stand-up comedy. I like to watch Indian foreign films. Tim likes jazz and hip-hop. I like alternative and electronic. Tim loves drama. I hate drama. And the list goes on. And on and on and on. (laughs) (laughs) But in any case, um, Jessica, you write later in the book, and I think we're getting to day 30 or thereabouts, that you're starting to fall for Tim romantically. It seems you've repeated the same pattern again. You opened up too quickly, empathized too deeply, and have another failed relationship to add to the list. I don't know what to do or think at all anymore. Actually, this is toward the end of, of the experiment. But yet you go to Disneyland together. Disneyland becomes this sort of moment of truth for you both. Did you go to Disneyland hoping to um, resurrect the relationship and hope that it could actually be the relationship that you wanted it to be? Well, I think at that point, things were going really well for Mm -hmm. us. And we had even talked about continuing to date after the experiment was over. So I think we were both excited to go to Disney World. Um, Yeah. It took us a while to come up with what that weekend trip would be. We both had very different ideas. Yes, as, about as it. you would expect. <laughs> yeah. um, but for some reason, we both absolutely loved the idea of going to Disney World. Yeah. I think we're kind of kids at heart in that way. And I think it just it just kind of worked out that we went to Disney at the end. You know, one of the rules is that we had to go on a weekend trip together, and we didn't actually come to that decision until well into the experiment. So it just made sense that like we would just go at the end because. We need to book a flight and, you know, make all these arrangements. So at the end of the experiment, you're at Disneyland. It's your last day. You have terrible, terrible fight. You decide that it's not going to continue. And Tim, you write, and this was the big mystery to me in the conclusion of the experiment. I'm going to read what you wrote. Who am I to string her along? I also know that I shouldn't string myself along either. As the cab driver pulled up to my apartment, we laughed because it was literally 11.57 p.m. as day 41 was approaching. I just can't believe it's over. I feel so close to her. I know now that I'm in love with her. I love her, yet I know there's nothing else I can do. We kissed. I gave her a gift. We kissed one more time. I shut the door. 
and I walked away. Why? You reveal here in day 40 that you were in love with her, but you never told her, and you broke up with her. What happened? I think I'm a human being, and it's really hard to, you know, really wrestle with all these emotions while they're happening at the moment. I I'm sh- I was positively in love with her, but it didn't feel right. You, I think you can still be in love with someone and... And know it's doomed. And know it's not going to work out and know right. it's doomed, yeah. And, and I feared telling her that because I didn't know... Again, I didn't know what my intentions were. I didn't know if that meant, you know, just because I'd come to that realization and because I could admit that while I'm writing it doesn't mean that it should go any further, you know? It doesn't mean that... Um, that there was any real possibility for something. I was heartbroken. On July 10th, 2013, you decide to launch the project online. Jesse, you don't know at this point what's coming in Tim's journal on day 40. You have no idea that he feels this way. And that's clear throughout your journals. The project very, very quickly goes viral and you end up featured in major news media all over the world. I think 10 million unique visitors to the website and experiment in dating, reading everything about your experiment, your relationship, your feelings, your thoughts during these 40 days. What was that like for you? It was very overwhelming. We really had no idea that the blog was going to go viral. <laughs> no, um, not at all. I mean, we, we didn't really have any expectations. I was just hoping that some people would like it, that maybe the design community would read it. Going beyond that, we just never imagined it. And all the press and media and everything that happened after was quite a lot. Yeah, it was it was exciting, but it was very difficult to kind of juggle because we hadn't planned it. You know, we have our careers and our day jobs and our clients, and all of a sudden we're, we're spending our days and doing interviews and and then all of a sudden Hollywood's interested and we have to get agents and we have to meet with all and we have to go to LA all you know and all of a sudden it's like what the hell is going on and like, meanwhile nobody knows how it's going to end yet no, even though exactly. you know how it ended at that point well, that I mean was... I was addicted to the site I have to tell you every day I would get up I would keep refreshing until <laughs> a new a new page came up I was because and I knew you and I didn't you know and I was asking does anybody know what happened with Tim and Jessica nobody was telling anybody <laughs> um, all the design like community the was scandal. talking about. So you, you go out to L.A., you meet with agents who want to represent you, you meet with actors and actresses that might play you in the movie, you get the book deal. What did you envision for yourselves at this point? Did you think, oh, my God, is this going to take over our lives? I mean, I think a lot of the stress came from the fact that we maybe wanted different things. Early on, yeah. Early on. Um, in terms of the the relationship or in terms of the... PR plan for the blog? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> I think it just felt, you know, we just... Um... I mean, I wasn't... It was just... It all happened so quickly, and I wasn't sure, like, do I want there to be a movie based on, on my life? I yeah. mean, they were throwing around terms like selling our life rights. I had no idea yeah. what that meant. You know, like, I think the idea of selling your life is a little bit scary. You know, <laughs> so it was, all, it was a huge learning process for yeah. for both of us. And Tim was very excited and wanted to jump into it and wanted to go out to L.A. and meet everyone. And I was much more reserved and not sure that I wanted it all. 
Interesting that that was your responses, given your historical responses to Mm -hmm. relationships. Um, There were, I think, five or six days towards the end of the blog that you stopped writing when the media furor had just reached epic proportions. Why did you stop? Well, the problem was we hadn't finished all of the artwork and the video editing that you saw on on the blog for each day. And because we were, you know, having hundreds of interviews and people were literally stalking us, like my phone was ring, you know, our studio phone was ringing off the hook from people all around the world <laughs> wanting to get a hold of us. Um, the whole thing was just so crazy. Plus, we had our day jobs and our client work. We just fell behind and it got to a point that you know, we thought we were going to go crazy and there was just no way we could do this anymore. So we needed to give ourselves a little bit of a breathing room to finish up the final images and editing for the last few days. And there was so much, you know, because of all that and because we were putting it out daily and reliving it all and everyone's asking us questions about everything and Jesse's in a brand new relationship (gasps) trying to juggle and like all this stuff is happening and we're reliving it and there was so much tension between us at that point. I don't know, it seems so trivial, but like at the moment, it just felt like we just needed to have a time out. I mean, we couldn't even walk down the street together without people, you know, running up to us and telling us what we did wrong or why we should be together or like, you know, (laughs) giving the whole history of their relationship issues and wanting their advice. It was just from every angle, we were overwhelmed. Has it come down? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. But it it was pretty remarkable that way. Like, I remember specifically we were at... um, Well, you were stalked, right? You had women stalking you, right? Uh, You must have loved that. No, teasing. I'm totally (laughs) teasing. I mean, I'm not going to say it wasn't... Obviously, it strokes your ego and you're like, wow, this is crazy. This doesn't happen. Like, this isn't real life. But like, no, it's, it's really creepy. It's not fun. So, Tim, you let the cat out of the bag. With the 40-day experiment ending with you not being a couple, Jessica starts dating again, goes back on OkCupid, and starts meeting different people. And by June, you're dating in earnest, and you meet a man named Zach. What happens then, Jess? We got married. (laughs) (laughs) So, um... Yeah. (laughs) Cut right to the chase. (laughs) November 12th, you move in. Um, January 2014, you get engaged. And then just past uh, December, you got married. Well, you really do your research. I try. I try. It's all in the book. It's all in the book. Um, So, Tim, you say this is now August in 2013. Let's go back in time a little bit. Mm -hmm. You you realize how much you, you were in love with Jessica. You actually rethink your decision to not continue the relationship with her. Meanwhile, Jessica's falling madly in love. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think at that point you were pursuing her again because you weren't able to attain her at that time prior? I think there was a couple of reasons. I mean, I think that there might have been a bit of the chase or something because I knew she was gone. But I also think that I was honestly curious about what it would be like if we dated outside the parameters of this crazy experiment. We don't know what it would be like to date as normal people. And so I guess there was a question there. But it didn't take too much time afterward to realize that it was right. Were you surprised by his his admission, Jess? Yeah, I was a little bit, I guess, angry at the time. <laughs> and... Yeah. Well, we actually went back to therapy together during that the course of that. I mean, I had never read his entries towards the end of the experiment. And it was around the time that he tried to get back with me that I then read all these feelings. And it just... 
I didn't understand. I was like, why are you telling me all this now? Like, why didn't you tell me back then on day 40, like what you were feeling? I just felt like he was doing the whole chase thing and that it wasn't for the right reasons. So how did you navigate your friendship with all of these new experiences? You're clearly really good friends. The rapport between you is palpable. The energy between you is fantastic. How did you get back to the beginning, so to speak, of, of from where you started? Time. Yeah, time. I think time cures a lot of things, but also the writing book. the book. The book was very therapeutic for us to go through everything that had happened and process all our feelings and get more perspective and understand like what caused all the yeah. the issues and then wrap it up. Yeah, the book is really like this time capsule and it feels like we've shut the door on that. How does Zach feel about Tim? <laughs> they get along. Yeah. Yeah. And Tim, yeah. any new ladies in your life? Anybody special? Uh no, but I am uh I've had and I've been open it's really interesting because I feel like such a completely different person. I think Jesse can can vouch for me. It's so weird just to be like, oh, I'm not going to just like, I'm actually going to be serious about things and look and be open to a serious relationship. So you changed. Yeah, yeah. But then that creates all kinds of new issues because all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, that doesn't mean other people are going to be serious about me now. And that doesn't mean that. <laughs> no, isn't, it, isn't that a shame like, the way that works? Because I was always the person happy, you know, you know, just jumping you had all, all the around. Control. Yeah. 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 Even if they didn't like me, whatever, I still felt like I was in control because I'm like, well, but now it's like, whoa, that's it's really, actually really hard to meet someone meaningful. In What's, your, what your is life. The, the biggest thing that you learned in this experiment? Well, I think for me, it was just, you know, I was always trying to chase love and I was taking everything and dating so seriously and I couldn't just have fun with it all. And through the experiment, I learned that you just can't do that. And I just had to be myself and have fun with the whole thing. So I think once I started dating again after the experiment, um, I approached it with a whole different mindset. And I really felt like that helped quite a bit in dating. Mm-hmm. I think also for both of us, being open and honest and raw and like having the world react to it in in such an open, positive way has um, been kind of enlightening and has kind of changed our view of the work we do and the work we want to do in the future. I think that the idea of being vulnerable both as a human and as a designer is the biggest thing we've both have gotten from this. You know, it, 40 days allowed us to like break down these walls that we're not interested in having up anymore. And the idea of connecting to people through your work is such a joy, you know? And and I've been saying this a lot, but there's this Lena Dunham quote that I really love recently that she said that by sharing your personal stories is a sort of activism. By sharing what's personal to you, you connect to other lonely people in the world. That's just remarkable. And I think that because of the success of this and because some people have connected to it, it's allowed us to really go for it now, you know, and break down those walls. Now, I understand you're also working on another collaborative project. When can we see the results of that effort? This summer. Yeah, we're about halfway through right now. And it's another kind of robust personal project that uses our personal lives as a catalyst. Yeah, we're looking at a lot of our fears and habits as humans and how we can change them or become better. So 
in that way, it's quite similar to 40 Days of Dating, but the topic isn't about love or dating. <laughs> yeah, we're not dating each other. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll kind of present it as a similar like multimedia writing, illustration, much more video, actually. Well, thank you for presenting this effort with such open hearts and so much personal generosity. Thank you for being on Design Matters. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. You can find out more about Jessica and Tim's experiment in dating on their website, 40daysofdating.com, and in their really wonderful book called 40 Days of Dating. This year, we're celebrating the 10th anniversary of Design Matters, and I'd like to thank you for listening. And remember, we can talk about making a difference, we can make a difference, or we can do both. I'm Debbie Millman, and I look forward to talking with you again soon. Design Matters with Debbie Millman is recorded at the Masters in Branding Studio at the School of Visual Arts in New York City. It is produced by Curtis Fox Productions with technical assistance by Rainy Ortica. The show is published exclusively by designobserver.com. You can subscribe to this free podcast in the iTunes Store. You're growing a business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate, no coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.